Well, hello, everybody. This is Gene Mims, and welcoming you to, once again, the uh, 204060 podcast. We're glad to be with you, and we're starting a new year, and we're talking about, uh, generationally, how we approach a new year, how we approach it in church and personally, and how each generation might approach uh, a new start, so to speak. Always around the first of the year, everybody kind of wants to make a new start, maybe get rid of some old things, get some new things going, so... We're just going to kind of get it going here, and so uh, we'll throw it out uh, to Jared. And I should say Jared's here. Jared Runyon is here, representing the twenty crowd. He he's about forty three, but uh, <laughs> Jeff's here. He's ready representing the forty crowd. He's been an old man most of his life, but uh, we all that's have true. things going, new things going. Jared's got a ministry that's really been on him now, and had a good start here recently. Uh, my local here in town, young adults and college students did great. Uh, Jeff's just released a, a big-time vision here at Judson Baptist Church. And, of course, you probably know I'm starting a church. I've started a church. So this year's big for all of us. So why don't, we, why don't we just take it personally first? What do you do personally to kind of get ready or get reoriented to a new year? Just anybody fire up. I'm actually really excited about this idea because I had a moment at Christmas uh, about a month ago where we were going around the table and we are talking about goals for the next year. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, I want to lose weight. I want to start working out. I want to read a thousand books, blah, blah, blah. And it gets to my wife's grandpa. And he's like, I don't have any goals. <laughs> and and, and uh, my wife's grandma is like, well, you know, you talked about um, doing the garden thing this year. And he's like, that's not a goal. I'm just going to do the garden thing this year. <laughs> and and I, it, ever since I've been thinking about this whole idea that like, I mean, for us, for, you know, people in their 20s and, and probably a bit past that, we really romanticize this idea of New Year's resolutions and, mm-hmm. and whatever. So I'm curious to see if that's a generational thing or if McKenna's grandpa is just a little bit out there and different than the rest of them. If he's watching, love you. Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> but for me personally, I get really uh, reflective of the last year. I, I journal quite a bit. So I was going through and just trying to figure out, you know, what were the wins this past year, what were the losses? And, um, I don't know. My wife was making fun of me because I, I get very like sappy about like, look how far things have come or can you believe we're still have that problem? You know, Mm. we're still dealing with that. How do we do something with that? Do you feel like, do you take that and kind of internalize that to do anything with it for the next year? Or is it more just like the reflective moment for you? Oh, totally. Like all of them, a few of them, I'll say most of them turn into like tangible. Here's what we're going to try to do mm, about that. Yeah. But you know, it's funny cause these memes start generating all this mm-hmm. traction this time of year because it's like, you know, planet fitness, January one, it's like a zoo in there, everybody. Yeah. And then February one, it's like, it's the tumbleweed across <laughs> wild west. I'm curious, yeah. do you guys, do you guys feel the same about, uh, you know, do you romanticize these new goals and, and implementation and, uh, struggle to find longevity halfway through the year with stuff? Well, uh, of course, I've been in ministry 46 years now. And so my life has been uh, been lived in seasons. So my whole life has been lived in seasons, no matter where I've been. And I think once you get into that uh, seasonal thing, so the first of the year has always been after a time of about two 
weeks seasonally where we didn't do anything because in church, you know, once you get kind of past uh, the Christmas music stuff and maybe the Christmas Eve thing, then everything just goes away. And at church, you don't do anything, you know, there's nothing pressing upon you. And at the first of the year, you don't really start hitting hard again because you got to get going, school's got to get in and whatever. So it's always been good. That's been a rest time for me, family time. And just to do that reflection and whatever and uh, read or catch up or whatever. So first of the year is really important for me seasonally. And so you push hard, as hard as you can go until school's out. And really for us, it's after vacation Bible school here at Judson. And so you just put, you just hit it as hard as you can. And then in the summer, you have that season again. So there's about a 10-week, 8- to 10-week period where you can kind of do your vacation or, you know, play a little more golf than you ever have or whatever. And then you hit the season again uh, that starts now, you know, in about August and goes to, well, really in ministry, about to Thanksgiving. And then you have to do the Christmas stuff. So uh, I, I do this kind of two or three times a year where I say, okay, I, you know, what, what went on here in the last 90 days? what I need to do and, you know, where does it, where does it need to go from here? So it's kind of a rejuvenating thing for me. It's always been that, but it's kind of been thrust upon me. I didn't get to choose that. Now, if I had to work at the same job 40 hours a week, you know, where I I never got a break for that, it probably would be a little bit different. So you're saying you basically have three different Mm -hmm. New Year's. How are we? How do we make it better? Yeah. So uh, uh, Christmas is one of those times. You know, and, That's interesting. And, and you know the New Year kind of time, and then then the summer for about there's about an eight week period of time, and and that's when I uh, can kind of do the things I want to do. We go on a vacation if we want to do that, or just you know play around a little more on the golf course or you know whatever, and then right about Thanksgiving it kind of wears. It kind of, is a little bit of dip at Thanksgiving, then it heats up again for the Christmas thing. So at least two times a year uh, is when I. I kind of rejuvenate six months, you know, you kind of do the six month thing, take a breath, hit it hard again for six months and, uh, and whatever. That's I just want to catch up on reading. For instance, I, I read a lot of stuff that I want to read, but I hadn't been able to get to and, or watch movies or TV or something. I don't, I don't know. Jeff, do you have that? Do you have restarts a couple of times? It, you know, it's funny because I, I am, uh, very goal oriented when a process is attached to it. Right. So, you know, if you do these things, you will have this outcome, whatever it is. Uh, so I did that in running or, or things like that. You put a race out there and then you just back up a schedule to kind of figure that out. They, oddly enough, have not necessarily flowed out of a New Year's type of goal. Um, and I've had New Year's resolutions um and some of them have, you know, like everybody else's, it were things I was hoping I would get to in the year that didn't really have to do with work or just something I wanted to do, and I didn't get it done. But this year was probably the first time in, I don't remember, and I mean, maybe five or six years that my wife said, so what are you going to do this year? And I couldn't give her an answer. I, I said, you know, I just... I haven't had enough time to stop and really think about that because of the seasonal life we've been in. And um, there's some things that I'm definitely motivated to do at work and some things we're trying to do in our home life with our children. And, you know, we we actually asked them this year to uh, pick out three goals for their own lives 
you know, what's something you want to learn this year that you're curious about, you know, that you've never, or what's something you want to get better at, and what's an experience you want our family to have together, not by ourselves. And so they're thinking about that, and we're, we're talking about that a little bit. We didn't set a January 1 kind of deadline, but that has, it's funny, even like, uh, for instance, the hobby things that I like to do, I don't have a specific goal with them this year. I'm just enjoying them and kind of letting them come, uh, and I'm curious to see where that is. Now, part of that, like I say, has been the season of life because we've had so many things that had to drop in January with what we're doing at the church, uh, and so that kind of became all-consuming to everything else, and it pushed a lot of things out to the margins that just weren't weren't available. So uh, I feel a little bit lost, honestly, in, think, in the goals. I think part of that is personality. Uh, I found that if I set goals that are not uh, exactly important or if I set goals that are necessary, if I'm not careful, I'll obsess on them. So, like, you know, if I set a goal to read the Bible through in a year, I'll read in a month. I mean, I, you know, I'll stay up every night trying to blitz through it, afraid that I'm going to get behind. If I set a goal to do something in a hobby, you know, I'll, obs- <laughs> I'll obsess on it if I'm not careful. And it kind of ruins the goal, you know. Uh, and if it's something at work that needs to be done, I, I want to get it done right now. I want to get this thing out of the way and put to bed, you know. And, and so so I, some people with personalities are a little more consistent, you know, than I am in that. I don't. What I'm saying is I don't think that's the healthiest way to set a goal. When I was running, it was the same way. I had a goal to run a half marathon. And I had to lose weight to do it and whatever. And when I did it, I didn't want to run anymore. But I obsessed with it. I could not run. So if it was raining or snowing or whatever, it didn't matter. I was going to be out there. It's kind of crazy if you think about it. So I think you kind of have to watch, you know, what those expectations are and make mm-hmm. sure that they're, you know, they're they're realistic and that they legitimately help you or get you somewhere and, and then govern that and not be so – because some things just take a while to work out. If I wanted to run a marathon or half marathon today, I'd have to train for over a year to do it, you know, especially at my age. I mean, it would just – and then I might not be able to do it. But I I know I would obsess with it. So I'd be talking to you right now thinking about, i got to get out there and run five miles today. i got to do it. I I can't do this anymore. Well, that ruins – that kind of ruins it. So I found that the rhythm of life for my vocation has actually been an aid to me, you know, to help. Yeah. When I was younger, I didn't understand rest. I didn't understand mm-hmm. the value of rest, getting away from this. Because you can obsess on your music like, or your church or your family, or you can just obsess if you're not careful uh, on all of that. I do think there's something key to what you just said, though, about having multiple checkpoints in the year because like, momentum only lasts so long. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, a lot of people I talk to, that's like people in their 20s love to answer that question Mm. here are my goals for the year here's what i you know my new year's resolution or whatever and it's all running on this like internal just want to Mm. and i feel like i don't know there's probably more to longevity if you had the mindset of and i'm just having this thought so this might be a bad thought but if you had the mindset of you know even treating it as like the first day of every month Mm. i'm gonna reset and and figure out because to be honest like one of my goals 
this year was, you know, be healthier and whatever. I'm not even through January and I'm like, yeah, you blew it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the reason that grandpa said he doesn't have goals. He's just going to do it as he's been beat down by life so much. He doesn't have any goals. <laughs> yeah. You get to that point, you're just so fried, you know, he had that tone uh, of like, don't patronize. Yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think there's something to be said for that too. A lot of times what you find is that as you, maybe if you set a goal this year, I'm, I'm going to do X number of songwriting days this year in, in balance to my performing days or ministry days or whatnot, that the next year that doesn't have to be a goal because it's part of your life. And, and I think that, that has been, that has kind of borne itself out for me now is that, um, I don't have to set a goal to read the Bible through in a year. Cause I'm just going to do that. Hmm. I had to the first year I did that and I had to just watch it this year. I'm not even marking off like I've kept it like in a, in a list you marked off every chapter you read. I've kept it on like an iPad and an I annotate PDF thing that you could highlight. I know that if I read about six chapters a day, I'll finish the Bible in six months. I don't read six chapters a day. So I normally finish in about October. Yeah. I mean, so that's just part of life now. Um, and maybe as you as you do that, I, I, I guess what I would say, though, is I do think it's really important, especially sometimes to push yourself with that big goal that's out there. And I like to speak that goal, and I like people to know that goal because then there's accountability to it when you put it out there. Um, I mean, I... I don't put my goals. <laughs> I don't put my goals out on Facebook. But, is this is this why you but, just posted uh, on Facebook yeah. about Instagram. how you read the Bible every day? Yeah, and, you, know. you know, I don't. I don't do that. Um, but I do think there's something to be said that if you decided you were going to run a half marathon, you ought to tell your wife and your friends and the people in your accountability group, your life group, because there's accountability to do that, especially if you've never done that goal before. Um, I think you're onto something you know, there too. I, I'll. If I if I do set a goal, I rather I, I rarely think of it like that. But I like to I like to say, in a period of time, I'm going to learn to do something that that I can't do right now. That's going to give me more satisfaction than losing five pounds or, you know, reading the Bible through. Because I mean, we I read the Bible all the time, obviously. Uh, so just reading the Bible through feels a little bit like almost like legalism to me. You just have to do it. Yeah, I, yeah. I ought to do this because, you know, I'm asking people to read the Bible through. Well, you know, I've read the Bible through a few times, but something that's really kind of fun is to say I have never, this is what I like to do in a hobby or this is what I like to do in whatever reading or whatever, but I'm going to kind of develop something. I'm going to develop an insight uh, to be able to do something. And this sounds a little crazy, but, you know, I do model trains and, do railroading with a bunch of guys and there's there's some skills in that that I don't have that come natural to them and recently I just said I'm going to do this I'm absolutely going to do it and was that was that when you put the drill through your hand yeah well that too. <laughs> I was wondering what you were laughing about over there. yeah Me and Jesus that's you know. right yeah no there was a particularly hard thing to do that that, that I that I just said, I'm not going to call anybody to come help me do yeah. this. I'm going to figure this out. And when I did, it was rewarding. Yep. You know, now I know exactly what to do. I know, you know, how to do it. And it was just another level that I wanted to be at. Now did it's a you, did you feel like it was though, like the running thing? I know how to do that. And I'm not doing it again. I'm calling the guys to do it. Well, no, it was like, I'm a, totally obsessed and I'm going to tear this house up until I can do it. You no, know? I mean, after you finished it, did you feel like, 
Oh. Well, now, checklist done. I don't need to do that anymore. Get that guy to do it. Yeah. Well, no. Well, uh, what I did was go back and crow. You know, like, hey, guys, uh, if you ever need <laughs> yes. to do this, if you ever had one of these situations, let me just tell you how I did it. Uh, if you're it. wondering how to put a drill through your hand, yeah, I exactly. teach you how to do it. That's right. Easily. Well, of course, what I, I had to finally confess is that, you know, I left the soldering iron on part of uh, the thing and just burnt, burnt a $23 <laughs> switch up. But anyway, other than that, it was it was okay. I told, I had to tell your mother, I said, you need to leave. I need to talk to the switch for just a minute. That's right. <laughs> No, but it, I think I think when you talk about setting goals, if there's a professional skill that you need, let's say uh, it's something software, uh, you know, I want to, I've got this, and or something on my phone, or I, rather than just default to that, and you say I'm gonna I'm gonna master this, I think that's very rewarding. Yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna read in this area of my of of uh, you know my vocation or my calling or my my what i do i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna master this area here mm. uh i'm gonna i'm gonna really learn about uh stocks bonds or i'm gonna really uh, give us some people who've you know written some songs and i'm gonna i'm gonna study how they did that and talk to them those are rewarding that's nice because you you grow there you, you you're you get expanded a little bit and I, and I think that's really fun where at first it's kind of a conversation and then it's kind of a, I'm going to put my foot in the water, and then it's a skill, and then it's probably something that actually works for you. I find myself more attracted to useless things. Oh, yeah, well, that's because you're, you're, you're in it all the time. Yeah, then I am, you know, so. Give us a, I, for example. Uh, I mean, at 40 years old, playing the guitar is not really taking me anywhere. You don't think your band's uh, going to make it? I don't. Point, yeah. I was telling Dad. Lodge band is hot. Yesterday. Uh, I'm I was tempering. I was teasing my children because they, when they come in the office and I'm playing guitar, I say, "Don't interrupt band practice," <laughs> and they always say, "You're not in a band," and I'm like, "No, we're about to hit it. I mean, this is big." And uh, and my son yesterday, when I was about ready to take him to school, I said, "I said, look, I'm really thinking about ditching this preacher thing, and I'm going on the road full time with the band." <laughs> and he's nine, and he said, "We're going to be poor." <laughs> that was his first response. So that's I mean, that's something like that, or. Learning how to do something uh, mechanical, you know, that that doesn't involve the side of your brain that is in books, you know, all the time. Um, I just sat down with a master machinist the other day, and we were talking about how to fix something uh, with a, a milling machine operation. That and 25 cents will buy you a stick of gum, that knowledge. But just being able to do that is some somehow rewarding. I think another thing to that is you need to set a goal – uh, that you really want to achieve and that you can achieve. So I know a lot of people say, you know, I got to shoot for the stars and whatever. No, if, if you, you know, if you want to eat right, you don't have to go on non-sugar for six months. You know, you just have to start eating right and learn how to do that and mm-hmm. get small wins along the way. Hey, at this meal, I won today. And then, Hey, I won today after three meals, you know, or, or, you know, whatever it is, don't don't say I'm going to become an expert in yeah. a, a machinist. I'm going to be a machinist. You know, you, that's not going to happen. But you can do one part of that. No, I might cut my finger off, but or you can run <laughs> yeah, drilling. Yeah, the know. chances of me being an expert machinist are probably pretty slim. But you can do something that incrementally gets you somewhere else. And I think that's huge. Stack. We talk around here about stacking wins. Yeah. You know, and i I think that's I think that's important for your children. It's important for your wife your friendships, to stack wins in the things that you want to do because they build off one another. And you hear this all the time. Were you going to say something? Mm-mm. Yeah, you hear this all the time. Uh, I, I, I heard uh, 
somebody in professional football, an owner and a general manager talking. I won't call their names, but they're in Cleveland. And they, they were saying that, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl. No, you just need to win a game. <laughs> that would help. Why don't, why, don't you, why don't you get that win? Let's win four games this year and celebrate like crazy. And then next year we'll go ten games. You know, yeah. we'll build a team. We'll get this going. When you set the goal to win the Super Bowl and you have no chance to do that, then every day's defeating. Get get a get a win in yeah. practice today. Get a win in the draft. Get a like I know how to run a football team, but I'm just saying that when you you say those things, but do you really mean them? You know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna win a Grammy this year. Well, okay, if you do, it'll probably be by luck. Why don't you just write the better song, or why don't you write the better book, or get the better skill that you really can do, and something that will lead you you know, to something else. And and learning a skill on a milling machine over here might not sound like much, but it may be incredibly important to what you do in church, you know, sure. two weeks from now. That I think we don't understand that. that, that the relationship. Because you can have a job that will wear you out. I mean, you, you really can because it's so intense and, you, you you know, I've had that. And you don't ever take a breath and, and you don't ever get better, you know, at what you do because you never take a breath and your your dreams are so big or the pressure is so intense that it's, it's almost like Grandpa again. It's no use to set a goal. i I, I got to just get this done here today. Yeah. You, you, need to, you need to do something that for a change gives you delight and makes you feel pretty good about yourself you know, and what you're doing. I think God doesn't want us to be under that kind of pressure where we're just defeated at every goal you know, that we ever have. When you're young, it's fine. Set goals, good, you know. But there's something to be said about realistic goals, though. I mean, I, a friend of mine, we were joking. He's like, you know, January one, I'm never going to eat another carb. Yeah, right. Until I die. You yeah, know, sure. never again. And pizza January night? two, he's yeah. eating pizza. pizza yeah. Night. Next next <laughs> night, he comes over with a whole box of pizza and cookies. I'm like, crush that, man. Three hours of nailing yeah. that goal. <laughs> right, you did it. <laughs> but we romanticize uh, yeah. those ideas without real you know, practical wins along the way. And I feel like you're just setting yourself up for loss. I know I do. I either get obsessive about it, which is damaging or else I get defeated. Cause I know there's no chance, you know, for me to do that. And, and all you have to do is lose one day and you feel like, well, I, you know, I can't, I can't, that's the running thing. I didn't run today. I'll never do it. I'll never make it. I'm no good. Well, and what nobody, what, you know, what nobody will tell you about like the running thing, which I had to discover myself is that when you've built, when you've built a base, I mean, it doesn't matter if you run three days this week or not, you're going to be able to finish the race. Yeah. And I didn't understand that. I, I didn't, and, and I didn't understand that, yes, you got to put in the mileage and you, you've got to build up and be consistent. But that one day that you got set, you know, set aside, you couldn't run, you're injured or it rained or it snowed, you didn't lose. Just don't obsess over it. And go to work and be done with it. Yeah, you know? That's funny. When I was training for that uh, half marathon, uh, we were living in Hendersonville. And so I'd run in the – I forget the name of that park. Drake's Creek, Drake's Creek. Park down there. And so I'd read uh, somewhere where, you know, you, if you're going to run a marath- uh, half marathon or a marathon, that you ought to increase your speed. And so you need to run sprints. Hmm. So I'm there, out there on a the soccer field running sprints. <clears throat> now, you can imagine. I'm 50 years old, you know. And I'm out there running these sprints and doing these high leg kicks and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> I would so, pay money for that oh, film oh, listen, right there. Listen, it's, it was hilarious. And so, you know, I only weigh 225 pounds, right? So uh, uh, this guy walks over with his little boy and he said, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> 
I said, you know, I really don't know. To be honest with you, I'm trying to do a marathon. And he said, well, it's just an odd way to kind of get done, right? I said, well, I'm trying to increase my speed. He said, oh, I just wondered, you know. So he left, and I thought, yeah, what am I doing? I'm going home. This is stupid. I've just read this, and also I'm obsessing that I've got to run, you know, the 40-yard dash 400 times before I can run this marathon. So you can be a little bit obsessive. So obsessing on the one hand, defeated on the other. You've got to find something in the middle. And and I guess as a Christian, does it help me? Does it – does it give the Lord any more glory? Uh, does he advance the kingdom? You know, uh, I, I don't know that uh, putting, you know, a turnout on a model railroad helps the kingdom any, but it sure helped me, which I think downstream probably helps the kingdom a little bit. Hmm. And uh, if it helps you, and I don't think God wants it to be wound up tight mm-hmm. and defeated all the time about, you know, these goals. I was going to say one thing while I go about goals too. I learned – especially in what what I do and Jeff, you know, in ministry, that you can set your schedule and goals all you want to, but then I just got a text. There's guys over at the hospital getting a brain scan. Okay, what? You know, am I going to go run or am I going to go over there? You see, that's yep. life happens, and you can't just always say, well, I'm sorry. I worked for a guy who was so rigid in his schedule that he would not allow anything to intrude upon that schedule, and it hurt everybody around him. Hmm. everybody around him. I love the guy too. I mean, he was my mentor in the faith, but you couldn't, you couldn't touch him if you weren't, if the schedule wasn't free. And I ultimately came to believe I was a little bit selfish as a leader. I, I think the one, the one thing that we don't talk maybe enough about is secondary and third level tertiary goals. Mm. You know, it's a big it, word. Is, I'm going to look that up. Is that if you, if you were, if you were endeavoring to do whatever it was in your life, a, a half marathon or write X number of songs this year, that that underneath that should be secondary and tertiary goals that would still provide the win. Uh, if everything worked perfect this week, I will accomplish this. Uh, if it doesn't, my goal is to accomplish this. And kind of the third level, if if it's the week that, you know, they find Bigfoot and the world goes crazy or something. This is the third level goal, and I can st- I can still get a win there. There's some baseline things. Mm-hmm. And uh, years ago, I, re- I read a um, a book by uh, I guess it was an autobiography. I'd have to go back and look at it. It was either it was his biography or an autobiography of General Tommy Franks, and uh, this was him coming out of uh, his military career. And he talked about how every morning before he started, he set out to uh, take a three by five card. And on the front side of the card, he would write down the the top two or three things that he absolutely needed to get done today. Mm-hmm. And on the back side of the card, he would write down what he perceived to be the threats for him accomplishing that. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of helped in his mind to go, as a leader, I need to keep my eye on the main thing. And as we're talking about this, I'm reminded that Mark Marshall years ago told us in a pastor's conference that in speaking about vision, and as we've talked about resetting vision and whatnot, that as a leader of an organization, you know, probably, you know, an hour every week, you need to be spending thinking about the vision uh, and whether whether you're you're getting there or not. He talked about how you know every month you need a, a half day where you're pulling away. An hour every day, a day every week. 
And something every month. Yeah, and then and then a week every year. Yeah, something like that, where you're pulling away. An hour every day. In other words, an hour every day is just for you. Are you getting the vision? Are you? Are we? Are we? Are we? Are we where we're going? When we just did Church Unique, one of the really uh, kind of arresting lines in that book for me by Will Mancini was that he talked about how most pastors will spend more time every week on their sermon than they do all year on their vision. And that's probably true. Yeah. If you spend 10 or 12 hours a week preparing for your sermon, most pastors don't get a chance to spend 10 to 12 hours all year thinking about vision. They're they're kind of bogged down. And you do have to pull away and get that 30,000-foot view to be able to say, are we accomplishing what we're wanting to do? And that's probably, to me, I guess maybe why I haven't felt like I had the ability to set a bunch of personal goals this year is we've been living in goal season right now at the church. And so it, it's kind of felt like I've got enough goals to worry about. I don't need to worry about my own goals right now. We'll get to those later. And I feel a relief of that because we've done some of those things and now we're implementing our goals here. So I do like that idea of an hour a day, you know, uh, half a day a week kind of thing, one day every month, one week a year, where you're setting back going, all right, where's the next step? And that that's kind of been a big a big thing for me to be thinking about, just in terms of an organization. Well, we hope we we haven't talked you out of setting any goals, but if you've already set them, it's the twenty third of January, and here today, and you probably you know, like you say, busted all the goals, blew <laughs> so, them right up. So you're a loser. Yeah. So my <laughs> yeah, you're you're a loser, or you're obsessed. You know, you've lost fifty pounds in twenty four hours, and you're in the hospital. Uh, or you can or just, you're bragging about it on Facebook because exactly. you're you're an expert now after exactly. a week. You got your own PX ninety or whatever it is uh, video out, you know, on Vimeo. Or you can just join us in June when we set our goals again. How about that? That's we right. invite you to do that. But we've hoped you enjoyed it. Uh, uh, always, you can uh, uh, follow us at uh, JudsonBaptist.com and uh, listen to these uh, podcasts. It's, we really enjoy doing them. We really enjoy hearing from you. So we'll see you next time.